0: with D20 Radio, your gamer's role. www.d20radio.com.
1: Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience.
0: Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. Today we have a very special guest, but before we get started with that, let's talk about our podcast of the week.
1: Yes, and this week we're going to talk uh, real quickly about court games. And what Court Games is, is it is a podcast all about Legend of the Five Rings. They have interviews with game designers and authors for the Legend of the Five Rings role playing game, discussions and breakdowns of the stories that accompany the living card game, reviews of the games, game mastering tips for running it, and all sorts of information about the culture and lore of the Legend of the Five Rings world and of historical Japan that you can use in your campaigns. So if you're interested in Legend of the Five Rings or curious, Go to uh, courtgamespod.com and you can find out more there. And of course, we'll link it in the show notes as we always do.
0: And you can always find them on the D20 radio network. Yes. (laughs) So. So we have a guest today, Steve, and we're talking about solo RPGs. Yes. Something that neither of us really have any experience with. Yes.
1: Uh, We're going to talk about some solo RPG gaming today. And this was actually a topic that was requested by one of our Discord users, but uh, I'm going to introduce our guest here. His name is John Lopez, and while I know he does some writing of some solo gaming products, he doesn't actually write games themselves. So in any case, John, welcome to the show, and if you would like to kind of explain to us maybe a little bit of what you do.
2: Yeah, thanks you uh, both, Steves, <laughs> for uh, for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, my name is John, and I run the... Uh, solo rpg patreon yeah basically uh, what i do uh, i play a lot of uh, solo role-playing games and i uh, create a weekly uh, resource uh, for uh, other solo players to use in their own games so that can be anything from uh, yeah a solo rule set to uh, an adventure seed or uh, something like uh, a randomizing location something to generate adventures uh yeah to to create your own solo experience okay yeah, that's basically it.
1: Okay, so, like, my extent of, no- of knowledge with solo games really kind of comes back to, you know, the old, like, fabled lands, choose-your-own-adventure stuff, and, I mean, I've, I've become aware enough of the scene to know that it's progressed a significant amount beyond that, but, like, the only solo title I think I have in my collection, or solo design title, I should say, perhaps, is um, Sean Tompkins' um Iron Sworn. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't haven't actually gotten to reading it yet, so you know if you would yeah. be walk us kind of through maybe what is solo gaming at this point you know in in twenty twenty one
2: yeah well that's uh, I, I guess that's an that's an interesting question i mean uh, the nature of solo role playing uh, means that it's uh quite a can be quite a different experience for uh whoever's playing so uh, one one solo role playing game experience for one one person can be very much different than uh, uh, someone else's game, uh, which I think is also a part of the fun, of course. But you mentioned uh, uh, Fabled Lands. Uh, I, I guess that's a good starting point. Uh, lots of people know the kind of choose-your-own-adventure uh, type, uh, type games or type reading books uh, more, uh, more. You flip to a page and then you read what your character uh, comes across uh i think fabled lens is kind of interesting because it, it takes a, a sandbox approach to that uh, game format so you can basically keep on uh keep on going within the fabled lens uh, world uh which is also kind of uh i think a little a little hint of, for me at least of what what's good for good uh, about solo role playing or the solo role playing experience because it basically allows you to create your own world exactly like uh, the way you uh, you like it. I mean, uh, we all, uh, at least uh, if I look at in my gaming closet, there's uh, lots of books that I never got to play with a group. Uh, books from the 90s, for example, like really obscure uh, role-playing games that I never could get a group with. And uh, I think the experience in 2020, 2021 for me was really uh, getting to play exactly the kind of role-playing games that I, uh, personally, I'm interested in without going through the hassle and, and the, the scheduling hell of getting a, an actual group together. So, that was really for me uh, a kind of liberating experience when I moved from the, the yeah, choose your own adventure type uh, game books to uh, an actual solo uh, game. That was really a really mind blowing experience. My first, uh, I think, my first experience with solo role playing in that regard was uh, Mythic. By uh, Tana Pigeon, okay, which is a kind of uh, oracle system, a GM emulator, uh, and yeah, that's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's basically what Ironsworn is less the game. So Ironsworn is uh, kind of a mixture between a game and a solo oracle a system where you can ask the the oracle questions about your situation or circumstance, and you get the answers. Mm-hmm. And Mythic is kind of a, like an add-on you can use with any role-playing game normal role-playing game that you uh, are interested
1: okay so i've I've heard this this oracle term before um and I, i'm guessing there's probably no one given answer to it but what is an oracle
2: yeah what is an oracle or uh yeah i i, I agree it's kind of a uh, a, a weird <laughs> a weird name for the, what it is it's uh i like the the fact that in mythic it's a gm emulator and i think that's more uh, appropriate because it's uh, if you boil it down to what it is, it's just a framework, a way to uh, ask questions about your character's situation or circumstance and uh, get an answer that uh, yeah, kind of gives you some creative prompts to to formulate something in your head. It's basically like what a GM uh, does. Also, if you ask a GM, hey, "What do I see?", that answer uh, is basically also what you get from an oracle or a GM emulator.
1: Okay, so they kind of, as you're saying, they enable play of of systems that have never had solo stuff written for them?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, my, my, personally, my preferred way of, uh, my, of... My preferred solo experience is just uh, pick up whatever uh, role-playing game system I like at the moment, and then uh, use GM Emulator or a, a set of uh, solo Oracle systems to just go out and play.
1: Okay, that sounds... I mean, it... it... I, I mean, clearly, you know, with with COVID and and all these things, um, and and people, you know, staying home and and like you said, even the the hassles of scheduling and trying to get people together, it's got to be an attractive option. Do you find that any particular style of game tends to work better solo? Be it like to me, I would think maybe more technical, crunchy games, like we'll just say, like a like a robotech type thing or something like that might, might not translate well, or is that just my brain going in weird directions?
2: Well, uh, I don't know in, in which direction your brain normally goes, of course. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think, uh, there, no, there's no specific, uh, rule sets or, or, uh, role-playing game system that, uh, wouldn't lend itself to uh, solo role playing. Uh, for example, I personally I like uh, as far as crunchy systems goes. I like uh, Hackmaster, uh, for example, for the the old Hackmaster
1: okay. uh, by
2: Kent, by Kenshiko. That's that's quite crunchy, but it's a joy to uh, uh, use an sort of Oracle or a GM emulator. Okay,
1: you're only
2: you're only really replacing the input uh, a GM. Uh, yeah, adds to the table. So you're not you any system that that can use a GM, which is any any role-playing game system, uh is also playable using a solo role-playing uh, oracle.
1: Okay. So now like how do these oracles like I get what they do. How do they work? Are they like a deck of cards? Is it effectively a random table? Is it a computer program? You know, an app for your phone, or all of the above?
2: Yeah, basically all of the above, but uh, maybe it's uh, uh, better to explain it from uh, from a different uh, uh, from a different approach. Uh, basically, you're getting an answer about your situation or circumstance. So uh, it, when you boil all boil it down to to the to the most simplest form, it could be just getting a yes or no question. Uh, is there is there a cobalt in the next room? Uh, yes or no. That that's it's sort of. And what, what you expect if you boil it all down to the essentials, for example. But you could also uh, take it uh, way more subjectively and, and ask, for example, uh, how is the person I'm, I'm talking to in the tavern uh, looking at me or, or yeah, how, how does his emotions come across, for example. And then you would uh, also use random tables or all of the above, as you mentioned, and get an, like a creative series of prompts that you can interpret yourself. I, I personally I like to think of solo role playing as a, a game of interpretation. Uh, if you put, for example, I've I've seen uh, uh, in a couple of writer workshops uh, an interesting experiment where you put a lot of writers in one room and you give them about five creative prompts. And what you and if you let them write a short story, what you would get is basically. Uh, almost always the same kind of stories because in our heads yeah, as players or as writers or as creative people uh there are there are influences and and all sorts of uh yeah t v series movies books we've read that that all work together to form our creative yeah our creative uh, inner world as as it uh, as it and I like solo role playing because it allows you to to give that creative world space to to go in all sorts of interesting directions, directions that maybe you yourself uh, hadn't really thought of. And I think if you want a if you want an, an an idea of what an an oracle or a GM emulator can be, it's both that yes or no question, but it also it also that's that it's also that creative energy that allows you to go in directions that you didn't really think of. Okay. Which is also an answer you, you probably, <laughs> it's, it's a little hard to, uh, to see. I, I, I like to tell people, uh, yeah, just sit down with an oracle, with a simple oracle like the solo recluse engine and just uh, ask questions about your circumstance and situation and, and the surprise will happen uh, whatever you uh, do. Uh, there will be a time where you'll be surprised and you will have to be creative to interpret what the result is.
0: Okay, so I, I I sort of understand where you're coming from. That's really neat, actually. I, I I've seen a couple systems where you have a full table of people where, essentially, the DM is doing that or the GM is doing that. That's really interesting. So I, I honestly I didn't really know much about the solo RPG systems, and we were really excited to have you on because neither of us have really touched them. I've I've done a little bit of, uh, sort of old school computer gaming back when you had text-based adventures and it kind of sounds it's a little bit of mix between that and a mix between playing with like a magic eight ball that answers your questions essentially
2: well yes well you mentioned uh, video games Uh, my my day job is uh, a creative producer for video games so uh, it's it's it might be interesting to look at it from the video game perspective eh? like emergent gameplay is very much a thing in uh, video in the video game industry and uh the same is basically what you're uh trying to do in a solo role playing game you're you're laying down uh the groundwork uh as it were to have a kind of emergent narrative and emergent gameplay stuff that you didn't really think of but is happening uh regardless of your preparation so it it goes into directions that your creative mind takes you but it's not necessarily what you prepared or what you uh what you thought that would happen if if that happens for me, that's a, a great solo experience.
0: Okay, awesome. All right, yeah, I, I that that makes a lot of sense in how you're describing it. That, that does make a lot of sense. So with these systems, uh, sort of back to what Steve was saying, you said it's sort of a yes or no. Is it a? How do you convert? A, say, how do you convert? Say, another system to use the Oracle? Are you like? Are you creating tables prior to sessions, or, or how does that really work? What's your prep look like?
2: Well, I, I think uh, every solo prayer's prep uh, looks a little different. Uh, you have people that, that really like to uh, go, uh, go heavy on uh, creating your own random tables. You have uh, people who like to use the, the input of whatever uh, yeah, stuff, rule set, or adventure that they're using. For example, uh, uh, let's, oh, let's take uh, uh, Basic Fantasy for as an example. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, Basic Fantasy
1: doesn't ring a bell i mean is yeah, i'm assuming that's a that's a title not just classic you know fantasy gaming world
2: it's a system uh like a, a retro clone osr uh rule set it's basically uh a dungeons and dragons uh clone freely available so it's a handy system to use as a reference because everyone can uh, can try it okay uh Uh, For example, if you take take an adventure module from uh, basic fantasy, it wouldn't be all that different from a normal Dungeons & Dragons uh, uh, old-school adventure module, where you take, for example, the the box descriptions. Usually in the older Dungeons & Dragons modules, the box descriptions kind of were based around what uh, a character in that position or circumstance would, would have as input. So you get the description of the room, you get the... Uh, Any monsters that are immediately apparent would be uh, described in the description and uh, anything that uh, sights, smell or sounds, that would be all part of the description. But when you use that in a solo role-playing environment, that becomes your input uh, to ask questions. And normally if the GM, for example, in the older school adventures, uh, they would read the description and then play would evolve from there. And the same thing happens, could happen in a solo role-playing game where you just take the the box text descriptions as input for what your character sees, uh, his s- situation uh, and circumstance, and you ask questions. For example, if the box text description would have uh, kind of singed uh, curtains uh, drawn across the room, uh, and I, as a character, I would decide to investigate those singed curtains. Uh, maybe see what uh, what what made them singed. Was it an acid? Was it a fire? For example, I would then roll uh, on my oracle, for example, to see. Uh, where the adventure would take me, and if that would be different than what the published adventure would be, yeah, then are, there are several ways you can use to funnel what happens into uh, the context of the published adventure. But that's basically to show you what happens when you just pick up a. You can just pick up an adventure and just start playing uh, solo. It's not all that different as an experience from what you're uh, used to. It's just, I think, more methodical because you you have to really. Uh, funnel yourself into a, a, a way of thinking about your surrounding and, and situation, a circumstance, to get a, game elements from that.
0: Right. So it, it sort of forces you to ask the questions where having a, D, a GM there would sort of just explain the situation a little bit more.
2: Yeah, well, that, in in, uh, in the case of uh, the Singed Curtains, for example, the GM would would probably... <laughs> Uh, they're depending on the gm they, they would have an idea w- about why the uh, curtains were singed because uh, they have read the entire module uh, in this case'm i 'm taking the approach that I uh, go through the module step by step, and my input is uh, my input for play, so those singed curtains could take a, a whole different meaning than the intent of the module uh, and my my solo toolkit would make sure it would stay within the context but still be a surprise for me so that's basically uh, the gm emulation part the oracle part is more asking questions about your surrounding and getting an immediate answer while the solo uh, the gm emulation part is uh, yeah what every player likes to do to keep their results within the context of what they're doing eh? obviously if i had a random table there uh, and i ask uh, uh, how does the the curtains look like what do the curtains look like or is there anything on the, the curtains if if I would get the result there's a spaceship yeah, that would be a little bit out of context, so every uh, solo role player usually has a little system of random tables or or uh, like a way to funnel their experience within the context of what they're trying to do at the moment
1: okay yeah, I mean this sounds it sounds really intriguing, and I know uh, you had sent me uh, a while back when we first started talking on Twitter, you sent me a like a, a write-up of a, you called it an actual play, which I guess, it, you know, it was that who had done. And um, it felt very much to me, like it reminded me of like um, creative writing exercises that I had to do way, way, way back when, you know, in, in my freshman creative writing class in college in a lot of ways, oh. that it was kind of just a series of prompts that, okay, so here's this idea. See what happens here. And I guess, you know, when you explain it this way, it does really feel like that is a lot of what role playing is, right it's It's just we just don't usually write it down
2: yeah and and uh, I don't think uh, writing it down is uh, necessarily a part of solo role playing. for example, uh, I like to write uh, my stuff down uh, because i like <laughs> I like to write, uh, but when I play with my son, for example, we do a lot of uh, gmless uh, uh, duo games uh, where we both take a character and we have the same kind of experience. Uh, yeah, but with two players, it's uh, it's we don't write it. I don't write anything down. It's just uh, goes goes uh, sort of like the same as in a group play. Uh, what happens is, uh, yeah, something you say, something you describe, something you reach a consensus about. Uh, then you take a moment to uh, reflect, and then you move on, and nothing is written down. Uh, I, do, I also know, for example, uh, lots of of lots, not a lot, but I know a few people who like to record what they're doing, so they take a descriptive approach, but they just uh, record it uh, in an audio format and then they go from there.
1: That makes sense. I I mean, yeah, it it just sounds like it's, it's almost, I don't want to say a different mental space than, than playing normally. For me, it, it feels almost like writing an adventure that you intend to play with other people, but never taking it to that level. Like, like you're, you're coming up with the story. You know, almost, maybe, perhaps a little more like like writing a story as a, I don't want to say as a post, but it, it it's a little.
2: Maybe you should describe your mental space when you're gaming, because uh, I don't know. You I, if you're if you're comparing it with your mental space while gaming, I, I would be interesting to hear your mental space. Yeah, well,
1: it's for me a lot of times. It's what I uh, like a lot about gaming is is the the not knowing what's coming around the corner and the the you know the the anticipation of the unknown and, or the you know trying to figure out what's next and you know like for me i guess doing what what you're talking about i'm not saying i wouldn't enjoy it at all because i think it would be a really fun experience but it for me i think it would be a very different experience
2: well, I think you're describing the exact same kind of experience. Uh, the only thing that's uh, different is that your GM uh, is in control of what is around that corner, right? what what gameplay emerges from the, the groundwork that you're in at the moment. And in solo role-playing, that's at least in solo role-playing using GM emulation and solo role-playing tools, uh, that same kind of anticipation of the unexpected happens and the same kind of emergent gameplay happens, only it's, uh, for the moment resides somewhere in your creative uh, subconsciousness and comes out uh, when, you use, and when you see and come across creative prompts you, by your system, generated by your system. So it's the, it's the same, I would argue, it's the same kind of uh, uh, gameplay that you're after and the same kind of mental space. The only difference is that uh, there is no one to guide you through that and it's all in your head. <laughs>
1: No, that's fair. I,
0: I get what you're saying, and
1: yeah, you, you're probably quite right. I, I'm known to confuse myself and overthink things a lot. So,
0: so let me ask sort of a simple question. But I know all of our questions have been kind of simple so far. What does combat look like? Are you rolling two sets of dice, or say, say in a D and D type system where you have opposed checks, where you're you're you know you're fighting a monster? Are you rolling for that monster? Is the system rolling for that? How is that? what sort of walk me through what a combat would really look like?
2: Well, a, a combat for me, would look like, uh, uh, yeah, combat would look like a combat. I suppose the descriptive element would be, uh, yeah, just like the GM would, uh, describe what happens in combat. Only, only thing is in norm in that. If we, if we take Dungeons and Dragons, for example, like, a like a, a basis, then the combat would be on one hand the rule set. So, what happens in the rule set, just like a normal game, but the descriptive element would for me be very important and would be, uh, I think, exactly the same. I would write it down yeah, because I like the memento uh, after play, uh, but there is not much of a difference for me uh, as far as combat goes. No.
0: Okay. All right. So, and that's for that's as far as the descriptive side goes. Is there Is there a lot of, um, okay, so I I think I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that, you know, if I make an attack and I miss, that's, you're just sort of describing that. Are you still rolling dice for the combat? I I know that's sort of an odd question, but are you still rolling the dice for the combat? Are you still playing into that? Yeah, I I get what you mean. But
2: uh, I I think you do have to understand, uh, I'm I'm obviously answering uh, out of my own, yeah, what I like to do, just understood like, completely. Just like in any other role-playing games, there are certainly groups that boil down the combat to a kind of strategic, yeah, kind of a war game approach to what you're doing, and there are groups that adopt a kind of theater of the mind. For me personally, I like to use the combat elements in the rule set that I'm using as a groundwork, and yeah, anything that goes beyond the the, the rule set. Just like in a in a in a normal group game, for example, eh? if you take an action that is really cool in combat, uh, but uh, necessitates the GM to uh, kind of make a ruling or or decide what the outcome of an event is, that is where the solo uh, role playing rule set bit element comes in. And personally, I like to use as much of the normal rule set uh, as possible because I one, one thing that is uh, really fun for me for as a solo role player is. I get to use all those different kind of rule sets. So if I were to not use uh, a large part of the rule set, that would be uh, uh, quite a shame. Okay,
1: yeah, I know. I backed the um, the new Twilight Two Thousand that Free League Publishing is putting out, and yeah. I know I remember one of the stretch goals is they were going to include solo play rules with it, yeah. which was something I, I found interesting. Although you know, as of yet, obviously it hasn't hasn't shipped although uh backers i believe we've gotten the alpha but i don't think there was anything about the solo stuff in that um but it it sounds like then yeah it it is a little different but it's it's very much the same um so when you're talking about these these solo solo rules or or and oracles are there like standards within the industry i mean i know these are largely coming from a lot of smaller independent publishers but but going on drive through i see a lot of solo rules for various games be it blades in the dark you know assorted you know free league all kinds of games so yeah there's enough interest there's a lot of it out there but but i guess i i don't even know where to start looking
2: no i, I can imagine And also uh, as we're talking about the, the 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 rule sets and what is solo role playing i think there's a tendency to uh to think that, uh, and I see that all the time in people who who take up solo role playing. Yeah, usually, they come to the to the discords and uh, at the places where solo role playing is discussed, and they always go through a phase uh, where it seems that uh, they're always hunting the next uh, <laughs> oracle set or the next set of random tables, and and this will allow me to to have the experience that I'm looking for. While uh, my experience is more like. Yeah, the less is more. So when you all boil it down to uh, what you want, you want your imagination to really flourish and, and have that emergent gameplay experience. And for me, yeah, it's really about less is more. The less elements I add to the mix, the more uh, my creativity gets to do its thing, I suppose. It's it's just like uh, GMing. I, I, personally, when I GM for a group, I like to uh, have my prep uh, as, as uh, less as possible because I like to... Have that uh, impromptu feeling of uh, of yeah, yeah coming up with solutions and stuff on the fly, and that's the same for me. That's the same kind of takeaway I get from uh, a solo role playing experience. That same energy that I get from uh, when I'm a GM to just come up with stuff on the fly and come up with descriptions on the fly and and decide the the direction of the story. Uh, yeah, that's what I like also in uh, solo role playing. And it's for you. You mentioned Twilight 2000. Uh, for ex- and, and you also asked that there's a lot of uh, solo role-playing uh, rule sets uh, out there uh, I, i've noticed that over the over the year maybe two years there's a lot of uh, kickstarter goals uh, that include the solo role-playing as a as a kind of yeah like it's tacked on there and and mm-hmm. personally i i prefer i prefer the the solo uh rule sets and the solo oracle systems to be kind of separate i, I Usually I don't find the 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 solo rule sets that are tacked on to be really uh intuitive or, or really uh yeah uh, they feel tacked on because that's what you, usually they are.
1: Okay. So well, that makes sense. So like so so then I I remember you mentioning a couple names mythic and, and such. Um what are some of the bigger or more popular solo rule sets that that you would use to run any game
2: that I would use to to run. Uh, you mean rule sets or uh, Oracle sets? Uh,
1: well, either and or both. I mean, we'll we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. But um, yeah, like I said, it, this is really a situation where, where neither of us you know, we're kind of out of our depth in a lot of ways, and that we we really just don't know a lot about this.
2: Well, let's get back to your depth then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think your question more is. What's your go-to Oracle system? Because it sounds like you can you can almost take any system, any rule set that has pre-written modules, and add it to an Oracle system, or even if it doesn't have pre-written modules. So I think more of what Steve's asking is, what's your go-to Oracle system to run the games that you like to play?
2: Uh, well, the first part of your uh, of your remark is exactly on the point. I think yeah, that's exactly what it is. And personally, for me, uh, I like an oracle that not really gets in the way of the rule set that I'm using. And for me, that's uh, usually uh, the Reculus uh, solo engine, which is a really simple way of answering questions, but it takes uh, one element, and that's, uh, that's where it really shines. It takes away or tries to take away or lessen the impact of player presupposition. So when you're asking questions to an oracle, uh, you will always have uh like player bias for example if i ask uh, if i let's say I'm in a dungeon as a character and uh, there's a door and the door is stuck there must be uh i I hear sounds uh on, on the other side of the door then the player bias would be to ask questions to lessen the danger for example there's a there's sometimes there's a tendency to to do that and what solo rec, the solo recluse engine does is uh there's a chance that your your presupposed uh, the, the The presupposition behind your question, for example, uh, do I hear anything behind the door? It gets taken away so the the reason for asking the question then suddenly becomes invalid and then you have to reinterpret uh, what your uh, yeah what your circumstance or situation was uh, up to that point so that's for me that's a really interesting uh, mechanic because it it facilitates that emerging gameplay because it takes away your uh, your presupposed truths. So that's my I think my favorite smaller oracle and I use that uh, quite a bit.
1: Okay, so you're saying the 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 oracle you use as the GM emulator to to so to speak answer the question that you would typically ask the person running the game and then the for the most part you you try to stay within the confines of of the existing game system rules as opposed to tacking on extra solo stuff
2: Uh, yeah personally i i I do like to do that yeah
1: okay wow there's just a lot to absorb here you know like it sounds like something that would be i really want to try this at some point i'm just not sure where to go um
2: well that that's uh yeah that's an interesting uh uh, problem and when uh people who are interested in solo role-playing games want to Really try that. It's uh, it's difficult for two, rais- two, two reasons. The first is the reason that you mentioned. Yeah, how do you try that? But uh, immediately followed by that is also a very interesting question, I think, because you never really get an answer to what is this supposed to look and feel like. And that's because that's because it's a really personal. But b the the format doesn't really lend itself to being recorded or being uh, easily showed to other people. So it's it it's always there always, sometimes there is the, the, the doubt of, uh, if, am I doing this right? And that's, uh, especially when you're beginning, it's really difficult to answer that question because obviously the answer is, uh, if you're having fun, then you're doing it right. Uh, but the, 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 the method of having fun is different for so many people. It's, it's exactly the same uh, for normal group play, of course. There are lots of groups who wouldn't really enjoy playing the way another group's pl- group plays. Uh, and they all have their their uh, they they settle down to their to what they think is a fun experience.
1: No, it makes a lot of sense. You know, like you said, everybody every everybody plays for different reasons in different ways, and and so yeah, I guess that, that and and yes, solo play is obviously going to be much more personal or personalized. So, um, so I guess then maybe you know, being as is, I know you're you're pretty heavily involved in this community are there uh, you know you mentioned discords are there websites discords reddit's whatever where where people talk about this a lot that or would be good places for for anyone to go to to try and gather information
2: oh yeah definitely there's the the at least the the one that I'm most uh, part of is the mythic uh, Gme discord which is the mythic uh, or the discord channel uh, that kind of goes with the uh, Mythic GME written by uh, Tana Pigeon which is uh, a very uh, uh, detailed and uh, fun uh, yeah set of uh, solo uh, oracles and uh, GM emulation that's the one uh, that I uh, really enjoy uh, being a part of
1: okay boy yeah like uh, my head's kind of I don't want to say spinning but like you know like, there's so much going on that I just don't know what to say um
0: yeah <laughs> you know cuz
1: it it does like I completely get where you're coming from about, you know, games that you can't find people to play because, you know, I, well, I don't know that I want to attack it solo, but the the game that kind of initially hooked me on role-playing was Rifts back in the early nineties. Oh yeah. And, you know, like, look, it is what it is. It's a wonderful world, but there's a lot to it. And maybe trying to do something like that solo might be kind of fun.
2: Yeah if that's uh if, if that's the experience that you uh d- that you like sure it's uh for me uh, the older rule sets uh yeah i, I noticed uh, in the in the last few decades no <laughs> just kidding, the last few years that uh i have a lot of uh game books that i i really never get to use and uh, actually i do also have game books that i bought and i never uh got a chance to use them at all they're just new in the new in the in the in the bookcase so that's uh, I thought that was a really uh, mind opening experience that I could use whatever I want uh, at whatever time that I want in whatever way that I uh, wanted
1: yeah uh yeah no that and and like you said you get the like the exact flavor that you're going for because you're the only one there
2: yeah exactly I don't know if, if you're familiar with uh, uh, Planescape, for example uh, the campaign setting that the,
1: I know of it. I don't know that I ever actually played it. I did play okay. uh, most of my second edition. Actually, was in Dark Sun, but
2: okay. Well, Dark Sun. Uh, is, I don't know. I haven't really played Dark Sun, but Planescape, for example, is really a setting that I never could get people uh, uh, enthused about in when I was young. Uh, so I really liked the the setting. So I bought all the books. But uh, I I think I can count the. The number of uh, times that I actually played it uh, on uh, on one hand uh, before solo role playing uh, allowed me to, to really get to uh, yeah, get to experience the setting. It's also a setting that really requires a lot of uh, uh, yeah a lot of uh, getting into the flavor element of the, the setting, which is also can be difficult for uh, to get a group enthused about, and it's not so difficult to get yourself enthused about it.
1: Yeah, well it, it sounds like too you know it's the flavor as you say is going to be subjective because your read on it is going to be different from mine from Steve's and so if you're all sitting around a table now you've got these conflicting flavors where playing it solo like you
0: said you get to create the experience you really want.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that's awesome and it actually has me really excited to try out. I'm actually going to pick up an oracle system and and there's games that interest me that i know that i can't find a group for so i think i'm gonna definitely get into this and try you know throwing a book on the table and and trying out that oracle system this you know this has been a really interesting conversation and and really really got me excited to try out this solo rpg stuff that i i honestly we didn't know anything about coming into as i'm sure you can tell uh, by the conversation we've had so far.
2: Well, it's also uh, uh, look. There's nobody you're you're playing it yourself, so there's nobody uh, forcing you to enjoy something that you don't want. Uh, if you if you if you don't like uh, solo role playing, that's uh, that's fine. No one's going to judge you. So uh, if you try it and you don't like it, you can always uh, not uh, not not play it anymore.
0: And that's fair too. I I I do like that. I wonder if you could use this as a tool, and I, I don't know if you have any experience. I wonder if you could use solo world playing as a tool to get an idea of how a game plays on a table.
2: Well, I, I don't know about that because uh, how a game plays on a table is really, uh, f- f- I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think you would, you would certainly get a sense of the rule set and how the, the, the combat would go and how the, how the, the balance of the game system uh, would be. Uh, certainly but uh, how a game feels like on the table is so uh, subjective to the group that you're playing i think that uh, true I, but i i i think you would get a sense of the game balance at least sure okay
1: so i i have a question and and i don't know if you're familiar with the formerly fantasy flight now edge studios uh, star wars and or genesis titles
2: uh well i have a lot of the old west end star wars stuff but uh no, I don't think I have the the newer Star Wars stuff. Okay, yeah, it
1: it's it's a game engine. Uh, was originally designed by Fantasy Flight Games, and and now that through corporate whatever is, they're now the role playing stuff is under a company called Edge Studios, which I believe is out of either France or Spain. But in any case, they use a, a really unique dice system, which, as opposed to numbers, gives you advantage, threat, success, failure, triumph, and despair and they're kind of like separate axes. And I was thinking that that might be a really interesting system because of the way the dice work to, to see what it looked like playing solo. And I didn't know if, if that was anything that, that you'd taken a look at or had any experience with.
2: Uh, no, I, I, I haven't really uh, taken a look at that, but it sounds uh, it's, it's definitely sounds uh, interesting and uh, it would be a good companion uh, system, I think. There are definitely a rule sets that lend themselves uh, easily to so of more easily to solo role playing uh, than others uh, a dungeon world is also a good example uh, for uh, and uh, yeah there are there are several uh, others iron sworn for example is kind of a very well integrated uh, form of rule set and and uh, oracle so there there's definitely uh, there are definitely systems that lend themselves to uh, well balanced solo uh, game and uh, yeah, you, you made me interested. That maybe I'll uh, I'll look it up uh, when we're done.
1: Yeah, well, I, I say if if you do actually, you know, give ourselves a quick plug. We actually had a conversation that's further back in our podcast feed. I believe it's episode eleven. Uh, we had someone on that that knows the system really well and and kind of went through and explained it because it is it's different. We actually just got to play it for the first time. Oh, what was that? About a month ago now. Yeah, roughly, um, and it, it it really does like you have to think about it differently because it's not you know the, the numeric side of it just isn't there. It's you know because the way the dice work, you can get like both positive and negative results out of the same roll, and it's 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 really different. It's they actually call it the narrative dice system, and it just seemed to me that that is something that would port very easily into a solo.
2: Yeah, in fact it sounds like uh that that experience that you're describing is not really uh that much uh that far removed from uh what uh, other Steve is trying to get a grip on uh, in his uh in his head I think. Yeah. So if you have experience uh, if if you had fun uh, with that game I don't think uh, you're that, that far removed from uh, actually playing uh, a solo role playing game. Yeah. Cuz that's also uh, yeah, emergent narrative.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's, well, and, and, you know, you were talking about ideas and, and, and how you, you go about, you know, minimal prep when you're running games for a table, and both of us have kind of gotten to that stage where, okay, you know, you get some, you know, as I like to say it, I my, my prep is bullet points, and I'm always ready to put them in a different gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because, well, no plan ever survives first contact with the players, right?
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: So, um, Wow. I mean, I, I have a feeling, like I said, that there's there's a ton of information to mine here, but but it's almost like we we need to do some more learning to, to really know what further questions
0: to ask. Uh, do you have anything else, Steve? I I think I'm thoroughly yeah. You have me sold on solo rpgs and i'm definitely interested in playing so that's i'm good with the questions that we've asked so far well then i guess
1: uh, one thing i would like to give you a chance to do because i know you do have a patreon and i know you have some products on drive through so you know if you would like to take a minute to to plug any of your work or anything else that that you think would be helpful to people by all means you know tell people where they can find you and, and your stuff.
2: Uh, well, I don't really uh, take the approach that I uh, I plug my stuff uh, all that much. Uh, what I put on my Patreon is basically uh, the resources I went up wind up with uh, after I play my own game. So, if people want to uh, go to my Patreon, it's uh, the Solo RPG Patreon, and uh, you you get weekly uh, resources, but they're all uh, based on uh, what I uh, what I played and what I uh, what I created for my own. Game. So, I don't really. Uh, I'm not really all that commercially uh, driven uh, <laughs> to, to this stuff.
1: I understand that, but but you know I uh, you know I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us, and and I thought that the very least should offer the opportunity. And I do know you you post some stuff on on Twitter. Um, that's you know where I found you that and uh, through uh, Matt from Mud and Blood slash Three Skulls Tavern.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I do like to uh, to talk about uh, solo roleplay.
1: So uh, well, I guess with that then. It's time to do a little something, and, and I did mention this to you in our conversations before. We like to kind of end the show with what we call Game of the Week. It's just us, kind of we, we find something on drive through or on Itch, or any number of places, and, and we talk about it for a little bit, so would you
0: like to participate in that, or?
2: Oh, what's the game uh, that you're talking about? It's one that you
0: would pick. It's, it's a game that you would recommend for maybe the audience to try or play.
2: Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll stick around. Game
1: of the Week! Game of the Week! Alright, I know Steve, you had something already.
0: Yeah, I do. I'm actually going to talk about Kids on Brooms, which is sort of a sequel to the very popular Kids on Bikes. It's run on the same engine. However, this has sort of that I guess the way to put it would be that Harry Potter twist, where it's, it's kids, and it's magic, and fantasy, and I think the more I look into it, the more I'm like, I would probably play this over Kids on Bikes because I like Kids on Bikes, but I think there's games that do that setting better, in my opinion, and I think this fits into their world much better than Kids on Bikes, and that's sort of mine. What do you got this week, Steve? I think I'm going to go with, it's a game I found a couple of weeks ago, it's called Stalker, and it's it's
1: a sci builds itself as a sci-fi game, it's apparently based on the works of Boris... Strugatsky, I believe I'm pronouncing his name right. But uh, yeah, to to read a little bit of it, it says, The laws of nature have gone insane. Deadly anomalies defy logic and reason. Monsters roam the streets of dead cities and the bones of the fallen crack beneath your feet. So it, it feels like it's you know, it's, yeah, okay, here it says it's based on the novel Roadside Picnic. You know, brought up to, to modern times, and modern audience. Oh, the novel was originally written in Finnish. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's you know done with license and permission from Boris, like I said, Sturgatsky, I believe is the is the name. But it's diceless and uh, uses a system they call Flow, which emphasizes player participation, immersion. Wow, this does it does sound
0: <laughs> pretty interesting. You're, you're selling you're selling yourself on this game a little. Bit.
2: <laughs> do you got to discuss the games, or uh, do you just uh, pitch the? Just basically a
0: elevator pitch of the game and and what it is. Okay, so you, you, you haven't
2: really played them.
0: No, well, in some cases, it may be a game that maybe you've played and, and you
1: really like, but you haven't gotten to play in a long time and you'd like to make other people aware of. We've done that too.
2: No, I was just I was going to ask you a question. Other Steve was, was going to ask other Steve a question about Kids on Brooms, but uh, I was wondering if, you just, uh, if you're elevator pitching the games or are you really talking about the games? Otherwise, the question would be a little bit uh, weird. I
0: uh, we just really elevator pitch them just as a way to introduce people. Okay. So that's why we sort of talk about games that we're interested in that catch our eye, not necessarily ones that we've really played. Did you happen to have a game that you've been playing recently that you'd like to maybe recommend to people? Or
2: Well, I thought it would be interesting to mention, uh, as we're all uh, experiencing uh, the, the COVID uh, era. Uh, and I noticed during the COVID era, there's been an uptick in uh, people who play uh, by post yeah, on forums or on uh, Discord, for example. And uh, there's one game uh, called uh, Calypso, which uh, was written by Tam H., uh, which uh, is also, uh, she's really prolific in the solo uh, gaming uh, uh, community. But that's a game that really lends itself well to uh, playing by post. So uh, there's basically, it's a, basically a system of rules uh, to, uh, really facilitates uh, the kind of play that you get from uh, playing by post, yeah, where the where one person uh, describes what happens, and yeah, you have people in different time zones who react to uh, to what is happening and and get more or less uh, uh, grip on where to take the game from there. What happens, uh, which is basically what happens in a play by post environment. It's kind of difficult to describe. Uh, but it lends itself really well to that. Uh, it's tailored to that experience, with, which I thought was interesting because uh, I've never really uh, seen a game system that's really tailored to that kind of that kind of play.
0: No, that's really neat. I'll definitely look into that as well because that's a really cool game system. That I haven't seen that's a that's a really interesting take on on role playing games, especially with the way the world is now. Yeah. yeah, it also hooks into uh,
2: Kids on Brooms, uh, which is a collaborative uh, game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, okay. And that's also... Uh, the collaborative uh, element is also very heavy in uh, play-by-post uh, games.
1: Nice, nice. I don't know Kids on Brooms, per se. I have heard Kids on Bikes played a little bit, and I know initially when you're setting up the game, there is a lot of collaborative world-building, if you will.
2: Yeah, I, I always enjoy... Uh, yeah, I always enjoy those types of uh, types of games.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's just really interesting to me that the different directions that game design has taken, you know, where probably up through it, at least, you know, 2000, a lot of it was focused on rule system and structure, and with, I don't know if it was brought about, you know, with the advent of um, the Powered by the Apocalypse engine, or if, if things just gradually evolved, but it seems like so much of of game design at this point has changed to be a lot more about narrative elements as opposed to rule structures and simulation. And
0: I I don't know, you know, where that's going, but. Well, I I think with that, I do want to thank you for coming onto our podcast and I want to thank you for being a guest and answering all of our questions.
2: Yeah, sure. No, uh, no problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you very much because yeah. I mean, I'm going to listen to this a few times in addition to just editing it because there's a lot of information here to digest. So thank you very much for taking the time.
2: That'll be douche to doozy to uh, edit, I think, uh, other Steve.
0: <laughs> Steve here manages pretty well at, at editing, and oh, he's the beast. He, he can take care of it. So We'll see what comes out of it. I'm sure it'll come out really well. But I do want to thank you for being on, and I just want to remind our audience, you know, Be kind and get out there and play some RPGs, whether they be solo or with a group. Either way. Yep. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.